David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin Ant, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Ladies and gentlemen, an important math lesson is coming to us. It's it's being transmitted to us as we speak. It's coming in loud and clear. Let's hear what the young lady has to say. What's up, guys? So I'm here to break it down how BSV will hit $1 million per token or coin or whatever name you want to give it uh, in the next four to six years. I'd say by the time 2026. So we are 20. 20, so in the next six years. All right, so I initially said that XRP would hit $10,000 per token, and that's giving that it would only replace payments, okay? And that was based on one drop equaling one cent, okay? And there being one million tokens per XRP to make one, sorry, one million uh, drops to make one XRP. So take that. And because BSV is not just looking to replace payments cross-border, cross-border, um, they're looking to replace the internet, www. This is replacing the internet. It's going to be called MetaNet, okay? And it's already in function. And all of the apps and websites and everything like this in the future will be built on the new World Wide Web, which is going to be called MetaNet. And so if you take 10,000 and times it by 1 million, you get 1 million. This is the maths, folks. So enjoy. And uh, yeah, if you're not building on MetaNet and you want to continue doing with your shitcoin, then you're just going to have to pay Craig Wright royalties because he's already got 800 patents. So good luck with all that. And uh, just on the side note, BTC is a sinking ship. Well, thank you to BSV Rainmaker for that little nugget of wisdom. I mean, if you actually look at... Or listen to the audio like a few times or go find BSV Rainmaker on Twitter and look for this thing that was a couple of days ago when she sent it out. Uh, even the math doesn't actually work like at all. It's just com- it's complete gibberish. And it would have been it would have been the daily train wreck, but eh, I just I thought I'd do something different for the entry of the show. It is nine eighteen a.m. Central Standard Time. It is the second. No, no, my God, no! It's the third of February, twenty twenty. Getting in there. Uh, this is episode. What the hell is it? One hundred and ninety two of Bitcoin and I I, I have a a, a a community news here. We're going to start out with Bitcoin words. 
that is underscore Bitcoin words on Twitter. Uh, their January 2020 words Bitcoin journal has been released. It is a collection of commentary from the brightest minds in Bitcoin. There are 19 entries, 184 minute read time. Uh, so you can find that. It's uh, you can find that. You can always find all of this stuff in my curated Twitter timeline. How do you find that? You go to the show notes and you scroll down to where there's like stuff like uh, links and whatnot. And I've actually got it as curated Twitter timeline. It is also known as the morning roundup, which this is not is because it's the community is the community news section. But I just throw everything that I'm going to do in the show into that pile. So if um, if you want to get it that way, uh, go see the uh, curated Twitter timeline. And if not, it's at bitcoinwords.github.io, bitcoinwords.github.io. You'll see all of their, um, oh God, all of the uh, issues that they've been doing. Um, Joe Rogers has been at this for uh, quite a while. And these are really good collections of things that have been written down, sort of like a compendium, you know, for the month as, you know, like what happened, sort of like the National Geographic of, of what's going on in the Bitcoin space. And it should also be noted that Bitcoin Words is not the original name of it. It used to be Crypto Words. Now, actually, the journal itself looks to be just called Words. But the Bitcoin handle is now Bitcoin words where it used to be uh, crypto words. And even Joe got in, like figured it out, you know, started figuring out like a long time ago, in fact. And then just he uh, recently pulled that trigger and went in Bitcoin only because, <laughs> hey, look, if you don't go Bitcoin only, you're going to have to actually go to conferences with people like BSV Rainmaker and explain to her that it's you multiply X by Y. You don't times it. Okay. If anybody caught that and snickered, then that means that you got enough math under your fucking belt to understand how a fourth grade that is. I mean, dude, really? Okay. That's it for community where the community stuff. Let's get into uh, a little bit of torchlight. How shall we? Torchlight. Okay. Let's just get right into it. I got Zybot, uh, X-I-B-O-T, who says that I've passed the torch to Jack. And, of course, he's talking about Jack Dorsey of Twitter fame. And we'll get into more Jack Dorsey here in a minute. Just trust me. But the LN Trust Chain 2 has been sent to Jack. However, there may be a small problem. It's not that Jack's not trustworthy insofar as he's not going to steal the torch. I don't think he needs the money. Um, no, this one is, um, yeah, <laughs> let me just tell you what, uh, Pablo seven Z he said, he re he replied to this tweet directly and I caught it because my name is in the, is in the tweet. Again, this is at Pablo F seven Z that's Pablo F Seven Z says, can't wait for at B E N N D seven sevens rant on the most idiotic way to fuck up the torch ever. <laughs> I'm going to try to be kind because I'm sure this dude, I'm sure that this dude, this, uh, Zybot, and it's like, uh, Xavier Tiralde is the full Twitter handle. And that's 
X-A-V-I-E-R-I-T-U-R-R-A-L-D-E. I think I pronounced it right. I don't know. You know me. I can't pronounce Jack. And on Monday, it gets even worse. Uh, so what's the deal? Well, it seems that he, he sent the torch via Tippin.me uh, to Jack. And okay, that I actually, from that standpoint, I, I kind of dig it. You know, I, I think that it's not a bad idea. Now, where does the problem come in? Well, the problem comes in because like right after he says, Zybot says, I've passed the torch to Jack, the first person in line uh, to, to ask him something is Hodel or not, the, the, the progenitor and originator of the trust torches or trust chains. He says, did you just send it to him with tipping me without asking him for it? Yeah, apparently, and that's what this, that's what the whole thing is. Um, Jack, at this point, may not know that he is holding the LN trust chain, because at the very least, guys, at the very least, you, you got to communicate with the person that you're sending it to. Under normal circumstances, the way this works is, I have the torch, let's say I got the torch, I announced that I have the LN trust chain too. And then I tell you how many sats to invoice for, and then you send me that invoice from a lightning wallet, a blue wallet or your, your own uh, lightning node, whatever it is, man. And you send me that invoice. And then I determine whether or not I trust you enough to hold the torch because there's been a lot of theft of this torch. I think it's been stolen at least four times, and that was a couple of days ago, so I'm going to go with five is what I'm going to go with. <clears throat> in either event, I think Zbot's heart was in the right place. And I think the use of Tippin.me is a, a killer use case for the torch. But I think it's important that we develop some kind of protocol here because I'm pretty sure that Jack doesn't know he's got the torch. So how can you help remedy this situation? All damn day include Jack and, and at Jack in your tweets. Uh, type in LN Trust Chain Two, and I don't know, maybe hashtag you have the torch. I don't know. I I, I really don't know how else to handle this this small debacle, but I I think it it's it's worthy enough to to at least at least give it a shot, right? At least give it a shot. Okay, that's going to do it for Community News and Torchlight. Vital Statistics, brought to you by BitInfoCharts.com. No, they are not a sponsor. I have no sponsor. Somebody sponsor me. Come on, guys. I throw me a boat or something over here. We got a Bitcoin price at $9,349. We have 317,000 transactions in the last 24 hours with an average transaction number per hour of 13,233. Only 800,000 BTC have been sent in that last 24 hours with an average being sent per hour of 33,268. Average transaction value is 2.51 BTC, while the median transaction value is 0.023 BTC, or about $212. Block time is pegged at exactly 10 minutes and 0 seconds. We'll see how that compares with my node. 
we have 0.13 BTC being taken in reward in fees on a per block basis. 18.6 BTC being taken in fees in the last 24 hours overall. We've had a dip in the hash rate of 4%. That brings us down to 108 exahashes per second. And the last time somebody actually did something to the non-existent development on Bitcoin was this morning. Yeah, they as somebody's pull request got got committed into a mer- got merged in sometime this morning. So there's your, you know. Apparently, nothing is going on on Bitcoin. Nobody's ever doing anything on Bitcoin. It's stagnant development, bro. For the love of God. Ethereum is at 189. Bcash is at 382. BSV is at 282. Litecoin is at 70. Ethereum Classic is at $11.93. Dogecoin holding it together at 0.0024. But, oh my Lord, have mercy. Even Litecoin has beaten Dogecoin in transactions in the last 24 hours. Dogecoin is not walking all up and down anybody's ass this morning. All right, my note. What does my note say about mempool and such? I'm looking at 106 uh, exahashes per second for the hash rate. So, little difference. I'm looking at a heavy mempool. 21 megabytes in unconfirmed transactions, and that would be about 10,700 unconfirmed transactions waiting to get zipped in. All of the blocks, yep, all of the blocks are full. I've got at least two stating that it's at exactly 100% full. Everything else is above 99%, so there you go. Uh, Lightning Network, we have 11,281 nodes. We have 36,066 channels and 882 BTC in liquidity in the network. That's about $8.2 million of liquid gold. We have, oh, good Lord. We have 18 new nodes came online in the last 24 hours, which is a 0% increase or decrease uh, from yesterday. So apparently yesterday, 18 nodes came online too. 144 new channels were birthed, and but that is a 10% decrease in the number of new channels coming online. That's going to do it for Vitals. Time for the meat and potatoes of the show, bread. It's Twitter ads Bitcoin emoji. Jack Dorsey suggests Unicode does the same. Cointelegraph's Adrian Zmunsky is writing sometime yesterday that Twitter, Twitter co-founder and CEO Jack Dorsey tweeted the newly added Bitcoin emoji on February the 2nd and tagged a Unicode, the consortium managing the character standard, in an apparent suggestion to do the same. Dorsey's tweet showed that now, whenever a Twitter user writes the BTC or Bitcoin hashtag, an image showing its symbol appears next to it. <laughs> Dorsey's apparent suggestion that the symbol be included in the Unicode text encoding standard was appreciated by the community, with Lightning Labs co-founder Elizabeth Stark joining the request. After Twitter added the emoji to its platform, many cryptocurrency personalities test tweeted it, including Tron, founder and BitTorrent CEO Justin The Sun. The official accounts of major cryptocurrency exchange Binance used the emoji and suggested that the cryptocurrency community should join in using the hashtag and get it trending on Twitter. Binance CEO Shang Peng Zhao also retweeted the message stating, quote, let's do this. 
This is not the first foray into crypto by Twitter's co-founder, who is also the CEO and founder of crypto-friendly mobile payments application Square. In early December of 2019, he also announced that Twitter has a dedicated team to develop a decentralized standard for social media, whatever the hell that means. I really want, I want that fleshed out. I have no idea what that actually looks like. I mean, does it even, does even Jack have a picture of a decentralized standard for social media? I mean, think about it. What does that actually look like? Continuing. Square, on the other hand, was recently awarded a patent for a technology that purportedly cracks a present barrier in cryptocurrency merchant transactions by providing a real-time system that exchanges crypto for fiat money. In November, the firm also issued a letter to shareholders showing that Bitcoin buyers on the app doubled in quarter three of 2019, but brought low profits. Dude, that triggered the living shit out of everybody yesterday. Oh my God. In fact, let's see, let's see what I got here. Um, yeah, let's do this one. This is crypto slates, Nick Chong. I have no idea when he's writing it. Oh no. It looks like, uh, sometime this morning at around 9 AM a UTC, uh, Twitter's Bitcoin emoji sends BTC social media engagement through the roof as Jack Dorsey urges Unicode to make it official. Yesterday, in a move out of left field, Twitter added an emoji for Bitcoin. To use the emoji, all you need to do, yeah, we already know this, guys. Let's get to the meat of this one because this is talking more about something uh, that adds on to the original story. Uh, cryptocurrency site Lunar Crush noted that per their data, Bitcoin's combined social volume has surged higher in the wake of the addition of the emoji for the hashtag, with there being 113,816 posts mentioning the asset just in the past 24 hours. This is the highest level of social volume there's been in over a year, Lunar Crush wrote. This data was backed up from an observation by Jason or from Jason Janowitz, who pointed out that the 12 hours after the hashtag emoji was added, Bitcoin was a top trend for him on Twitter. If it is, it isn't clear if it was a personalized trend or a global trend. Yes, people, there are very different trends that you get. So keep that shit in mind. With many in the community publishing tweets with the fresh-faced hashtag, although there has not been a clear correlation found between Bitcoin-related social volume and price action, it wouldn't be a stretch of the imagination to think that more that the more people talking about cryptocurrency, the more investment interest there should be. This, of course, would mean that Twitter's addition of the Bitcoin emoji is rather positive for the cryptocurrency space as a whole. Whether or not that effect is felt in the price of BTC, though, remains to be seen. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey isn't stopping at only Twitter having the Bitcoin emoji in the tweet. He effectively announced the addition of the feature by tweeting the hashtag Dorsey tagged the account of Unicode, the world standard for text and emoji. Should it be submitted to the Unicode standard and then approved, it would make using the Bitcoin emoji much easier to use in applications. Hey, that'd be awesome, dude. Tell you what else is awesome is that every shitcoiner's Twitter account at this point who has ever tweeted hashtag Bitcoin or hashtag BTC, their entire history is now repopulated with the Bitcoin emoji. Case in point, Calvin Air of BSV. That's right, Bitcoins of Toshi's vision. You know, the worm that is the best friend of Craig 
And both those characters were lit into the space, ushered in with torchlight and French horns and shit by none other than Roger K. Ver. Yeah, it's pretty much his fault that, that, that these two assholes have to be contended with at this point. In either event, everybody, everybody that's ever hated Bitcoin and they've hashtagged it or BTC and hashtagged it, and that's a lot of people. Every single one of their Twitter histories is now repopulated with the Bitcoin emoji. And it's the actual Bitcoin emoji at a 15 degree tilt, tilting forward, not backwards, because there's a difference, right? We, that was way back in the day. But yeah, it's not only is it the Bitcoin emoji, it's the correct, <clears throat> it has the correct lean or degrees of lean in the correct direction. So Jack triggered the living crap out of everybody all at once with, I don't know, man, I, it's just, it's amazing. So it would be cool if Unico went ahead and adopted it. I think they should, because this is just kind of bullshit that they haven't done this crap already, but whatever. Moving on, we've got the Daily Hodel. Uh, Daily Hodel staff, in fact, is writing sometime this morning that Bitcoin will make all other currencies obsolete. Unchained Capitals, Parker Lewis. Now, what they're just giving a rundown on this Parker Lewis thing, the uh, uh, he, uh, why Bitcoin will obsolete all other currencies is his latest edition. Um, and uh, for those of you who don't want to read it, Guy Swan over the, at the Crypto Economy reads it for you like a freaking lullaby, okay? The dude's voice is smooth as silk, and he's really got this uh, reading other people's stuff down. Definitely, if you're not following a Guy Swan over at, at Crypto Economy or uh, subscribe to his podcast, dude, you really need to do that because he reads you all this stuff that you don't have time to read. Me, I do the news. But when the news reports on shit like this, you get to hear about it. And here we go. The head of business development at the crypto lending platform, Unchained Capital, says all fiat and virtual currencies will eventually bow down to Bitcoin. I wish he would have just wrote in and lick its boots. In a blog post, Parker Lewis tracks the history of fiat and the rise of the dollar, euro, yen, pound, yuan, and other currencies from the gold standard. Moving forward, he predicts the rise of a new monetary standard. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> With a fixed supply that increases in value over time against all other currencies, enter the corn. Actually, it says Bitcoin, but whatever. Lewis says the finite scarcity of BTC makes the world's leading cryptocurrency unique against fiat and other digital currencies. He says no other currency, whether fiat or crypto, can compare to what Bitcoin offers and, quote, no other currency in the world can ever be more scarce than Bitcoin. And scarcity will act like a gravitational force driving adoption and communication of value. Today, most billionaires do not understand Bitcoin. Bitcoin is an equal opportunity mind bender. But even those who do not understand Bitcoin will come to rely on it. Owning Bitcoin is becoming the cost of entry to what will likely be the largest and most diverse economy that has ever existed in quote. As for Bitcoin's flaws, Lewis says BTC is undoubtedly facing fundamental issues such as volatility and slow ta transaction speed, as well as high energy consumption. But over time, Lewis says priceability will naturally happen as widespread adoption takes place and scarcity and fungibility will eventually address all other limitations. Lewis keeps his ultimate argu argument simple, quote, currency has a fixed supply. 
Oh, cur I'm sorry. Currency A has a fixed supply. Currency B does not. Currency A keeps increasing in value relative to currency B. Currency A continues to increase in purchasing power relative to goods and services while currency B does the opposite. Which one do I want, A or B? Bitcoin obsoletes all other money because economic systems converge on a single currency and Bitcoin has the most credible monetary properties. Bitcoin and crypto assets at large continue to have plenty of detractors who say the notion that they can challenge fiat is pure fiction. In a recent interview, <clears throat> billionaire Mark Cuban said BTC is too complicated to use. And there's, quote, no chance it will ever become a widely adopted cryptocurrency. I really should play the daily train wrecked uh, shit for that, but nah, it's not worth it. Mark Cuban's just, he's just not worth it because I don't know. I, we don't have time to spend on people who don't get it. There are plenty of people out there who have the potential to get it and will be receptive to it. Concentrate your efforts on those guys. Tweeting at, at Mark Cuban at this point, waste of your damn time. And honestly, it's a waste of Mark Cuban's time, although I, I don't know what other business he's engaged in at this point except living off of the fat-ass profits that he uh, uh, made when he sold his uh, internet sports-based radio station and I don't know, bought everything. Well, it, it doesn't matter. But there's a couple of things I want to say about this. Uh, may, the way that I want to, uh, or I was going to talk about that was the fact that he says that, you know, all economies converge on a single currency. And you might be going, yeah, but there's like 193 countries in the world and there's 170 different currencies. Clearly, that's not true. Yeah, but only one is actually used for everything from buying oil to arms to you name it, man. You're going to bribe somebody. You better be doing it in the United States dollar. Otherwise, it's just not worth it. Euros, I can see. I, I can see euros or the British pound sterling, you know, because those are stronger currencies. But essentially, when it comes to international trade, everybody deals in dollars. That means that they converged upon the markets converged upon one currency because all other markets depend on those those initial markets that are done in dollars. All the other markets depend on those markets. So in effect, Parker's not wrong, not one bit. Uh, all economies have converged on the dollar. All economies will converge on something else because. The doll, even though the dollar is the convergence point for all the international markets, the primary international markets, it is still currency B in his currency A versus currency B example. That uh, the, uh, currency A has fixed supply, currency B does not. The dollar does not have a fixed supply. By its very definition, as you add money or as you add volume of units into that system, you devalue all the units that came that came before. <clears throat> it's like stock splits. In a way, there's if, if you're not really sophisticated, a stock stock split looks like it's gold, man. Like you just got airdropped, bro. But no, I mean, even though everybody who's already bought into that system, while they while their stock split as well. They're like the people that really benefit are the people that had massive holdings and that those split. And in a real way, it it's a it's just another dilution. All right. So when the dollar keeps pump when the Fed keeps pumping dollars into the system, it's just diluting what we already have. But in it's it's worse than a stock split. Way worse. This is probably going to happen at one point or another. 
the peoples of the earth are just going to get tired of seeing their shit go south like a duck in winter, and they're going to finally converge on something else. We've been through many currencies in, in the world, in the, in the world's history, starting with glass beads and shells and shit like that to massive rocks that can't be moved. You want to talk about slow transactional value. Actually, it wasn't. Those stones of Yap or whatever they were called, or actually really fast transactions because everybody immediately knows where that particular stone is or the other stone. And everybody kind of knows who owns these stones. And the minute somebody says, I'm going to trade you my ownership of the stone on the other side of the island for your hut, that transaction's already done, even with an immovable rock. Okay. It depends on how we think about this. How are we going to end around the problems in BTC, in Bitcoin, right? Get creative. Hell, natives that were like, you know, doing this shit 1,400 years ago up until like a few hundred years ago were more creative than, than I see a lot of people out there bitching about Bitcoin. Instead of bitching about it, then figure out a way to do something else that doesn't include spinning up a, a, a garbage pile of, of crap that is pre-mined in, into oblivion. Okay? Just, just saying. Forbes has an article, uh, the Young Entrepreneur Council. Um, apparently, uh, the post was written by Fed, Frederick Boosler. He says, and this is, the, this is Forbes this morning, Bitcoin, like the original iPhone, is just the start of something much bigger. While many in the traditional financial sector stay far away from cryptocurrency and blockchain, the industry is buzzing with activity from crypto for good projects and innovative investment funds to digitized securities. The industry is a veritable rabbit hole. And diving in will expose you to over 5,000 alternative currencies, 4,999 of which are pure shit. That's me talking right. billions of dollars in daily trading volume and hundreds of exchanges as listed by coin market cap. Although people typically first hear about Bitcoin, that's just the tip of the iceberg and most activity is happening elsewhere. See, this is already bullshit. Companies from Walmart to Goldman Sachs to Maersk are all working on blockchain, which is absolutely useless to their needs. But most are using blockchain like, uh, blockchains like Ethereum and Quorum. No matter where you stand, there's no denying the fact that blockchain is an important part of the global financial fabric. One good example is Callistone, which processes 180 billion pounds sterling, approximately $235 billion US, of value every month using a blockchain-based infrastructure. No, they don't. Going from zero transactions on the blockchain just over a decade ago to now hundreds of thousands a day on the Bitcoin network alone is surely a noteworthy accomplishment. However, Bitcoin is a blockchain is to blockchain as the original iPhone is to smartphones. Bitcoin status is the first successful cryptocurrency gives it a spot in the history books, but it's just the start of something much bigger. After all, outlets from Bloomberg to TechCrunch to The Guardian laughed at the original iPhone, calling it irrelevant, a bauble, and rushed. Few people expected the iPhone to change communication forever, but it's not like everyone today is using the original iPhone. We're using iterations, improvements, and upgrades, whether it's the iPhone 11, the Samsung Galaxy, Galaxy S10, or the OnePlus 7. We're not using the first iteration of the technology. We're not all driving around with a Ford Model T. Jesus, God. Duh. Sorry. My gasping is because this whole... This whole 
this whole comparison of Bitcoin or something like like the network to a product is one of the most it's so fallible. It's a horrible argument. It has nothing to do with the iPhone, the Ford Model T. Ugh, I just I hate it when people get things so wrong. We're not all driving around with a Ford Model T or playing video games on an Atari. We shouldn't expect everyone to be using Bitcoin as a peer-to-peer electronic cash system when faster, cheaper, and more usable alternatives have come around. Predicting the future of technology is tricky, if not impossible. After all, Sony stunned the car manufacturers with a futuristic electric car at CES, and Elon Musk beat all odds by receiving 250,000 pre-orders for the Cybertruck within days of its announcement. And Samsung made waves after releasing a crypto-friendly phone. No one knows for certain what direction technology, whether it's cars, smartphones, or blockchain, will go. But some things are for certain. Technology is constantly evolving, and better technologies always win out in the end. Nowhere is this more apparent than in the cryptocurrency space, where massive price fluctuations, rapid adoption, and wild claims are the norm. There's also a clear evolution, at least among corporations, towards other blockchains like Ethereum trash. From Amazon to JP Morgan to Microsoft, companies are picking Bitcoin alternatives. As Benjamin Franklin reportedly wrote, in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. Well, death is part of evolution. And while Bitcoin may die, other cryptocurrencies will have evolved to take its place. Time will tell who will win among Bitcoin Cash, Ether, Ripple, or any thousands of other cryptocurrencies. But the takeaway is this. As one door closes, another opens, and Young Entrepreneurs Council can go flush their ass down the toilet. This has nothing to do with a product. This has to do with security, simplicity, a rock-solid foundation. That's what this is about. Ford Model T, it's not the Model T that we're driving. We're still driving Fords. Ford, not a car that was built in 1925 or whenever the hell it was actually put first put together. That's not the innovation. The innovation was the use of uh, taking a technology that was already developed. The, uh, uh, the, the assembly line, sorry, <clears throat> and using it and retrofitting it in a way to make sure people didn't have to bend over or walk anywhere and they could just put together the the car while it was coming down the track. It in the the entire thing blew wide open the whole thing. Now that we have Ford, Chevy and G, Ford, Chevy and a couple other ones, they were all consolidated under General Motors. But they all use the same tech. It's the assembly line. In this case is the innovation of Bitcoin as time stamping blockchain proof, well, well, rather timestamping, proof of work, uh, had the SHA-256, uh, crypto, the crypto algorithm, ugh, God, crypto, cryptographical algorithm, just get it straight, bro. And, uh, you know, and a few other things that were cobbled together, but they work so well. It would, they, it was repur- all this stuff was repurposed together to give us an assembly line, except this one, it doesn't break down. Bitcoin's uptime is 99.99%. Visa can't actually say that. Wells Fargo can't say that. Citibank can't say that. 
I'm sure the Fed, the Federal Reserve probably can't say that. The only reason we don't know what's happened is that nobody, you know, nobody who is ever going to say anything does any business directly with the Fed. It's people who know that if they say something, they're going to get shoved out of a window at 20 stories. That's who they're, that's who they do business with. And well, whatever, I'm going to let that one go. But look, the, the whole, is it a Betamax versus VHS? Is it an iPhone versus a Galaxy? Is it a Ford Model T versus a Tesla? Everything about the, the fact that the Young Entrepreneur Council sat down and wrote this drivel tells me that the Young Entrepreneur Council is not actually generating entrepreneurs. Because if you're actually giving these people this advice, not just because it's about Bitcoin, but because they're the, the logical fallacies included in this article are so tremendous that I cannot even believe that Forbes published this. Actually, I can believe it because Forbes has turned into a, an economic rag, but what are you going to do? Fiat publications are everywhere. Daily Hodel, definitely more credible uh, than Forbes, in my, in my opinion. Uh, Bitcoin treasure hunt launches on Minecraft. This was written yesterday by the Daily Hodel staff. If you're a fan of Minecraft and stacking sats, this new treasure hunt may be right up your alley. The new Minecraft mod called Satoshi Quest just hit the front page of the Bitcoin subreddit. The creator of the game says it's 100% open source and gives players a unique Bitcoin wallet linked to their university. Oh, sorry. Universally unique identifier in Minecraft. That's the UUID. The objective of the game is simple. Upon the first login, players receive a wallet address where they can deposit $1 worth of Bitcoin. Players use the deposit of Bitcoin to purchase lives. <laughs> I was sort of, sort of like the Catholic Church. Sorry, I, I don't mean to offend you guys, but come on. I mean, like indulgences. I, it, it happened, okay? It's not like it was a lie. It's actually a thing. It, you know, whatever. They can then join a Battle Royale-style quest to explore the vast Minecraft realm and find the pot of loot. The developer says that when someone is close to the loot, the game will announce the player's location. This gives other participants a chance to rush in and try to steal it. Sweet. The Satoshi Quest creator says all transactions are done on chain. And once the loot is found, the game resets. A wide variety of Bitcoin treasure hunts have appeared over the years. Earlier this month, cryptocurrency derivatives trading firm Femex offered a 2.1 Bitcoin pot to solve a picture puzzle. Dude, I'm kind of stoked about this. I mean, I'm not a big Minecraft player, but my kids are. That, I, you know, dude, I don't know. Although, in this particular case, there's kind of no reason to do it on chain when you can do it with Lightning. But I'll bet you my ass that it was easier to implement with on-chain transactions than Lightning. I'm not bashing lightning. Okay. Stop right there. Stop. I know what you're, I, I, I see the stick. You're holding it up. Stop it. Chill. I love lightning. We, this is, this is the thing. Like, let's go back to that for that ridiculous Forbes article by the young entrepreneurs council. This is how we innovate. Ford themselves made the model T and then they made another car and then they made a car after that. And they made a, but it was all Ford. They're all Fords. They innovated. We do too. <laughs> Segwit. We've got Taproot, Graftroot. We, uh, what are the, I can't remember the other BIPs that, that are being talked about. This all ends up getting into block, into Bitcoin. 
there's not uh, the, the people that are trying to scare you to death are being uh, disharmonious or uh, disingenuous. Uh, they may just not know it. Um, okay, Colin Harper writing for Bitcoin Magazine. This is about strike. I want to see what Colin has to say about this. He wrote this on the 30th. With strike, Zap rethinks its Olympus fiat to Bitcoin feature. The Zap Lightning wallet Olympus feature is almost ready for launch. Well, sort of. The much-anticipated addition to Zap services, which would allow the wallet's users to buy Bitcoin via Lightning with USD for direct deposit into their Zap wallets, is being rolled out in a new form. Strike, as it's now being called, serves the same function that Olympus was supposed to, but through different means. With Olympus, Zap users would have a Lightning network payment channel pushed to them with whatever amount of Bitcoin they purchased through the service. With Strike... Instead of instantly covering the cash, uh, converting the cash to Bitcoin for each user, Zap will hold a static dollar balance for each user and send lightning payments for them on a transaction-by-transaction basis. Yes, the model is custodial, Zap founder Jack Mallers explained to Bitcoin Magazine, but it comes with plenty of upside. For instance... Now Zap users can top off their accounts with, say, 20 bucks and use this to spend Bitcoin as needed. They aren't buying Bitcoin directly, but rather a claim on $20 worth of Bitcoin at any point of time. So the service removes any exposure to volatility. Instead of having a balance of 0.002 BTC, you have a balance of $20. Zap decide, decided to ship this model after it began testing the Olympus beta uh, and confronted a few hurdles in the way of tax implications and user experience, there were many obstacles and aha moments, volatility, tax, and the need to set up a Bitcoin wallet and own Bitcoin were all barriers to mainstream, uh, mainstream adoption, Maller said. The panacea then was to remove the complexity altogether. Given Lightning's technical barriers to entry and demanding upkeep, Zap decided that it would be best to neutralize the user's need to interact with the network directly. If users want self-sovereignty, they'll find it on their own. For everyone else, Maller's espoused their strike. The biggest aha moment for me was the fact that a user doesn't need to own Bitcoin or have a wallet to scan and pay a lightning invoice, Maller said. Instead of spending and re- spend and replace, why not buy and spend in seconds under the hood without even noticing? If you want privacy and censorship resistance, run a full node, a lightning node, and drive it with Zap. If you want to invest, get a hardware wallet and hodl. If you want to participate in the new global economy, connect your debit card to Strike. Zap holds all USD deposits with an FDIC banking partner, which services many cryptocurrency companies, Maller said. On the Bitcoin side, all transactions are handled by Zap using the infrastructure it erected for Olympus. So the original tech stack is still being used. It's just going on behind the scenes. This work behind the curtain not only handles application and protocols interact, protocol interactions, but also real-time risk management and automated trading slash hedging. <clears throat> Hedging is important here as Zap will take on all the balance sheet risk, as Mallers put it. For instance, if they have 100 orders for $100 each, they owe $10,000 worth of Bitcoin transactions to these customers. If Bitcoin drops 25%, then they still have $10,000 in obligations, even though, theoretically, they now have only $7,500 of the original money deposited. Zap conducts the leverage trading, longing and shorting to keep its reserves on par with deposits. Mallers mentioned that the team demoed the product with nearly 100 test flight users who really helped to shape the project. Product and in use cases. On one that Mallers is particularly excited about comes from Colorado, where he onboarded a few local marijuana dispensaries, 
to help him circumvent or to help them circumvent the banking restrictions that continue to choke access these businesses have to cash accounts. This, among other use cases, are why Zap is building the infrastructure to provide a cheap, fast payment option that simultaneously eases access to these services for its users. I think users will use it to buy and sell Bitcoin to make remittance payments, to give financial tools to those who don't have them, for internet commerce like pay for content and more, Maller said. But I am most excited about what we have enabled and all the possibilities to come. The barrier to entry to this new economy has never been lower. All you need is a debit card. Though he's excited, Mallers told us this is still very much the beginning, notwithstanding the basic fact that the Lightning Network itself is still a very young protocol with plenty of its own growing pains to come. Strike Hat still has a balance to find with its automated algorithms and risk management before it's able to support millions of users. It's also got some work on the legal and compliance side of things. So for now... The service will accept new users on a rolling weekly basis from its beta program list. Mallers hopes to have Strike ready for full public access by the end of Q1 2020. Ain't that just waking up to a kick in the crotch? If this is the first you've been reading about this, yeah, uh, you'll be able to pay a lightning voice with your debit card directly through the Strike app whenever it is that you get it. Uh, I have signed up for the beta uh, I can't remember the the website, probably strike.io or lnstrike.io. Just look for strike um, on Twitter and you'll, you'll end up with it, but you'll uh, give them your email. Um, and when they get back to you, I guess they'll get back to get back to you. They haven't gotten back to me yet. And I've, I've been on the list for about 48 hours now. So um, if they call, they call, if not, I'll just wait for uh, with the rest of the plebs. I'll believe me. I'll, I like the plebs. You know, Pleb is good. Bitcoin usage among merchants is up, according to data from Coinbase and BitPay. February the 3rd, 2020. This is from Coindesk Leah Kuhn. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but whatever. Although Bitcoin adoption may move at a glacial pace, merchants are seeing sustained traction regardless of market dips. According to BitPay CMO Bill Zilke, the payment processor facilitated $1 billion worth of cryptocurrency transactions in 2019 with Bitcoin leading the pack. Likewise, a Coinbase spokesperson said Coinbase Commerce processed $135 million worth of cryptocurrency payments for thousands of merchants in 2019, which represents a 600% increase in the number of unique transactions via Coinbase Commerce since 2018. Ether and various stablecoins make up a small percentage of both of the above-mentioned totals, with Chainalysis reportedly estimating roughly $4 billion in Bitcoin alone was sent through payment processors in 2019. As such, Coinbase is looking to build out its merchant services in 2020. Of course, the number of credit card payments is much higher, dwarfing Bitcoin's $4 billion purchasing power. Credit card purchase volume in 2018 was $3.7 trillion, according to a 2019 report from the United States Bureau of Consumer Financial Protection. Quote, in, uh, oh God, in 2020, we're hyper-focused on providing a complete merchant experience with business features and insights, better serving other geographies with internationalization, adding more currencies and building seamless integrations that leverage other Coinbase products. Samil Amoli told Coindesk, that's one of their engineers, 
Among consumer-facing companies, Fold CEO Will Reeves said his shopping app processed more than 2,000 purchases during the 2019 holiday shopping season, out of which 80% were lightning network transactions. Quote, Amazon, Starbucks, Sephora were the most gifted brands by lightning users, Reeves said. Another option for merchants also emerged on the scene last week in the form of Zaps Strike, an application that lets users make dollar payments via the Lightning Network. All things considered, there's ample reason to be cautiously optimistic about Bitcoin usage beyond speculative trading in 2020. However, Lola Luna boutique owner Jean-Michael Damas, a Coinbase Commerce customer who runs a luxury lingerie business in Paris, warned it is still too soon to describe Bitcoin payments as routine or trendy. Because that's what I need, a lingerie guy telling me how financial markets work. I'm sure he has this thing to say, but dude, take it with a grain of salt, y'all. Quote, people are not ready to pay with crypto. They prefer to keep it rather than spend it. I prefer to receive payments in crypto because they are more secure for me. For example, when I receive payments from PayPal, some people cheat and say they didn't receive the goods. Damas said his boutique receives more than 90 Bitcoin payments since early 2018, never more than four Bitcoin payments a month. His customers are 80% men. Spending Bitcoin on lingerie is a status symbol, an insight that aligns with BitPay's findings that jewelry, precious metals, and high-end tech products garner the most Bitcoin buyers. It's a very high level of fabric I can't pronounce couture, C-O-U-T-U-R-E. Pretty sure it's couture level. All right, so whatever. We sell much more during the Christmas holidays, for example, which has much more influence on the store's sales trends than the price of Bitcoin. Indeed, Lola Luna is best known for statement pieces such as open G-string bottoms with dangling feathers. To t- oh, come on. I don't want to read that. I don't tell naked bras. Good God almighty. Let's skip a little bit. Don't worry. I'm not prude. It's just I don't need to know about feathers. This is about Bitcoin. For broader context, BitPay Zelke said Europe and the Middle East are generally home to the most high-value merchant transactions, while there are more North American shoppers in terms of unique transactions. In the meantime, Domus prefers to simply transfer the Bitcoin earnings to a hardware wallet and HODL. Well, good for you. At least you got that part right. Quote, I was one of the first global lingerie boutiques on the internet because I've always been interested in technology. I remember it was so difficult to build a website, Dumas said. It's the same thing with crypto. That's where we are now. So that's it. He's not exactly wrong, but again, you know, take what he says with a grain of salt because his business is lingerie, not Bitcoin. Okay. He he might deal in Bitcoin, but that's, that's where we're trying to get businesses that do their business that know enough about Bitcoin to be able to take it and understand its value. At that point, there that job's actually kind of done, right? I mean, we're, we're you know we're done there. We don't need them to. It's not that we won't tell them if they ask. It's just don't force the the nitty gritty shit on them because it's just like, huh? Proof of what? Shah, huh? You know, there's no reason for it. There's no reason for it. Um, All right, continuing with yet another one, the Daily Hodel. Oh, apparently whales are swimming around. $932 million in Bitcoin on the move as Ripple unlocks 500 million XRP. Uh, This is sometime this morning from the Daily Hodel staff. 
Two massive crypto transfers just hit the Bitcoin ledger, moving nearly $1 billion worth of BTC. The two separate transfers, both worth exactly 49,852 BTC, processed at 2.1153 UTC on Saturday. The fee for each transfer cost just 47 cents. Yeah, try and do try doing that with gold. It's again, I don't hate gold. I'm just saying it's got its problems. According to the crypto tracker Whale Alert, one of the transfers sent BTC to the US-based crypto exchange Bitrix. The other transfer was recorded as completely unknown. Back in December, Bitrix was tied to a series of huge Bitcoin transactions totaling about 9 billion in BTC. At the time, Bitrix announced it was undergoing scheduled maintenance when the large transfers occurred. This time around, the exchange has remained quiet. Meanwhile, Ripple has unlocked a massive amount of XRP from escrow. The move makes the funds available for Ripple to sell for cash. Sell it for the dirty, stinky cash. Ripple owns about half of the total supply of the digital asset and typically sells millions of dollars worth of XRP each month. However, in recent months, the San Francisco-based fintech company has lowered the amount of XRP that's up for sale. In the fourth quarter of 2019, Ripple says it stopped its practice of dumping their shit bags on cryptocurrency exchanges, selling $13.08 million worth of XRP to institutions over the counter. So, yeah, be aware, guys. We've got a couple of big whales swimming around. Um, that You never know what's going to happen there. All right, buy Bitcoin signal coming up. China Central Bank injects entire Bitcoin market cap into its economy. Martin Young writing this morning for the Bitcoinist. Uh, he says, the People's Bank of China is planning to pump 1.2 trillion won into markets today in an effort to mitigate financial inst instability caused by the coronavirus outbreak. This is the equivalent to the entire market capitalization of Bitcoin or about $174 billion U.S. The monetary madness has not gonna, gone unnoticed by crypto enthusiasts and analysts. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rhythm Trader says China's central bank will inject the equivalent of 21 million Bitcoin into their markets tomorrow. Everything is fine. <laughs> Continuing with the story, according to the SCMP, investors and traders in the financial centers of Beijing and Shanghai are bracing for a stormy time ahead on markets following the squeeze and economic activity on the mainland. Markets have remained closed for over a week for the Lunar New Year holiday in China, which also coincided with the deadly outbreak. Coronavirus has currently killed over 300 people with a reported 14,350 infected in China. These banking bailouts or repurchase agreements are designed to increase liquidity for commercial banks as blah, 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 blah. Bitcoin solves this. The virtues of a decentralized tamper-proof currency with a finite supply and fixed inflation rates have been widely discussed. The asset is becoming increasingly regarded as a hedge in times of economic adversity. China's economic outlet look had already started to turn before the coronavirus outbreak, which may increase demand for Bitcoin in the region. So there you go. So the coronavirus scare apparently is costing uh, $180 billion. And there's 14,000 people infected. 14,000 people infected and it's going to cost $180 billion, essentially, right? 
that yeah no everything is fine dude burning building drink your coffee bro everything totally fine man it's just no it's not fine and it's not exactly because the coronavirus this is just all bullshit it's just the same crap that we're dealing with with the fed and the repo markets over here now china i'll bet you china just starts doing this as a matter of course if they haven't or i mean this is the first time i've heard of a repo for china all right I'll bet you I, I I'll bet you I hear more about it. So let's just uh, let's continue on with the last story of the day is that Japan's biggest social network launches digital currency. This is Emilio Janis writing on the first of February for the Bitcoinist. <clears throat> Line, uh, sorry, sorry. Line made its first move into blockchain back in early of 2018 when it announced plans to launch a cryptocurrency exchange within its chat app. After much negotiation with the Japanese regulators, Line launched the Bitbox exchange in July of 2018, but outside of its app and excluding Japanese and U.S. users, of course, because we all suck. In October of 2018, Line launched the Link cryptocurrency and listed it on Bitbox with initial trading pairs against Bitcoin, Ether, and Tether. However, it still has not become available in the Japanese domestic market, which Line initially sought to service. Since the international launch, LVC, Line subsidiary operating the digital currency and blockchain business, has been preparing to roll out the coins in the Japanese market. This has involved working with the Japan Virtual Currency Association Exchange Association, which has a process to handle new digital currency. LVC is currently preparing a system for Link's Japanese debut, the exact date of which will be announced in due course. There are also plans to list Link on the BitMax cryptocurrency exchange, although details are still being finalized. So uh, Japan getting into shit coinery uh, with Link. Um, I, I don't know if it's actually the same Link. I don't, I don't keep up enough with shit coins to really know, but if this is where the Link Marines are coming from... Uh, then this is actually, in my opinion, it's kind of worse because it's like this has been, they've been waiting around this long for Japan. Okay, so I'm hoping it's a different link. Okay, but again, nation state shit coinery. Actually, I guess this is nation corporate shit coinery. There, there will be a difference uh, coming online. That's going to do it for your morning roundup. So many people in this space have gone gone wayward. And, you know, I, I, I look to people like Leo Moricelli from Frog Leap Studios to get our wayward sons back. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more.
Daily Trainwrecked is brought to you by Eric Voorhees and Bruce Fenton. Eric starts out by writing, Bitcoin gets an emoji on Twitter. Maximalists instantly use it to shit on other coins, a demonstration of where their energies are directed. Meanwhile, others are building amazing things in crypto. And he links to this medium post by Thomas Walton Pocock launching Aztec privacy on Ethereum has arrived. Let's continue this smoldering pile with Bruce Fenton's reply. Tribalists are less and less the real Bitcoiners, which is ironic because some see themselves as truth bearers. In my humble opinion, the real Bitcoiners are people who embrace these ideals of cypherpunk values, decentralization, fair economics, and free and open source software. Jesus. These are the two fucking guys that wore their double-breasted, button-down, tie-wearing, corporate-speak bullshit sat in a room at Satoshi's table and signed their ass's name to a piece of paper for Segwit2x. These two guys, both of them, Bruce Fenton and Eric Voorhees, and they've never apologized, not once, for causing the amount of fucking problems that they did in this space. Only to be bitch-slapped like the dogs that they are Back into their place. Bruce Fenton, I, 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 I've really tried. I've really, really tried uh, because he's a lot more affable of a guy than, than Eric Voorhees ever was or ever will be. But this shit, you know, this is, re- they're, they're just as, at this point, they're both just as bad as the people that they're ta- quote unquote talking about. No, this is just, I don't understand at all the, it's almost as if they've gotten locked into their bags to the point that they're not even doing it because they're locked into their bags. I get the feeling that they're doing stuff like this because this has been their world that their bag holding has caused them to, for so long that they can't think of another absolutely anything else. They have to go with shit coins. They've built their business around it. There's nothing that these two individuals can ever say ever again that will get me to come to, you know, even listen to what they have to say. They've burnt all of their dry powder with me and several, several other people. But there, I, I gave them chances after the Segwit 2X crap and the Satoshi's Roundtable bullshit. I gave, I both gave them, I gave them both chances after that. No more. None. Eric Voorhees and Bruce Fenton are today's smoldering pile. I'll leave it there for you over there in the corner. Terrible Joke Corner is brought to you by Dad Says Jokes. If I have twin daughters, I'll name one Kate. And I'll name the other one Duplicate. He's a terrible father. I mean, really. Okay, there's a, uh, before we end for today, because we have come to the end of yet another episode of Bitcoin And, 
uh, I want to, you know, put, 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 put the bug in your ear to start, you know, maybe including the Bitcoin and BTC hashtag in all of your tweets, whether it makes sense or not, at least for, you know, next couple of days. It'd be cool. Also, I've said it before, and I ain't the only one. We are the marketing department for this, this whole thing, because it is decentralized. We're, we're you know, we're one ragtag band of taco munching plebs. God, that doesn't sound good. Whatever. Um, we kind of need to band together. We don't need to. It's going to happen whether, you know, whether we band together or not. I'm just saying that maybe we should mention, like, buy Bitcoin via Cash App because lots of people have Square's Cash App on their phone already, have no clue that you can buy Bitcoin with it directly because it's already set up with their bank. Maybe we should like be hashtagging strike and some of the other products like all the time, like free advert. I hate to do that because it's going to really, it was really screw up people like me who at one point or another would like to have, have a sponsor. Uh, but still we got to, you know, we still got to work it. We still, we, we got to grow the pie. Even if some of us are doing it for free, we got to grow the pie. Um, so making sure people understand that if they already, if you already have cash app, if you've never, if you're just starting to listen to this and you have cash app on your phone, you can buy Bitcoin right now. You can buy $10. I think you can buy as low as $1 worth of Bitcoin. Do yourself a favor, buy, buy, buy a Jackson. Okay. Take a Jackson or a Hamilton or something like that. Buy some Bitcoin. It'll be in your cash app. I always recommend not holding on to your Bitcoin via a custodial solution because not your keys, not your coins. But if it's 20 bucks and you're just getting into it, there's I'm people are going to kill me for this. But if it's 20 bucks sitting on Cash App, I believe you're fine. If you get into it, the, one of the first things that you should do is figure out how to offload your, bit, your Bitcoin onto a hardware wallet that you hold the keys for. You can learn how to do that in, in a number of different ways, but you don't have to do it right out of the bag, man. Just if you got Cash App on your phone, open the son of a bitch up right now. Start, pre- mash some buttons on there and eventually you'll run across something that says Bitcoin and you'll realize pretty quickly that you can buy Bitcoin right now and you don't have to buy a whole lot. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. We call them Satoshis. There's a hundred million Satoshis in every Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a hundred million Satoshis. You can buy seven although that comes with a little different. Just let's keep it simple. Open the Cash App, buy 20 bucks worth of Bitcoin, figure out how to use it via the Cash App. Everything you need is right there. Start there. And then move into Lightning with Jack Maller's Strike. When it gets out, like for general usage, start figuring out, Use maybe use that to figure out Lightning. I don't know. But these things are becoming, are going to become ubiquitous. And all of us are, like I said last time, we are beset on all sides by shitcoiners, maniacs, weirdos, and people who thought that they were going to be able to gain control of Bitcoin. 
and they got their asses handed to them in the most embarrassing way in the middle of the ring of the three ring circus that is this space. And everybody saw it. And they're still out there trying to make crap. Don't let them. Give them pushback. They at least deserve that because they've never apologized. Anyway, I'll see you guys on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.